The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast. It's the official podcast of thevikingage.com. My name is Chris Shad. I write for the Viking Age as well as bring me the news, zone coverage, and the Brookings Register. My co-host is Adam Patrick. He is the managing editor of the Viking Age, and we do this every Monday and Thursday night right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. We're also on Apple and Spotify the very next day, and no matter how you consume us, Don't forget to rate, comment, share, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. We can spread the word to the masses. Now, like Sesame Street, we do have a word of the day, and it is suck because the Vikings suck because they are now 0-3, and they drove down to the goal line twice in the final two minutes and couldn't get a store, and then the Chargers handed the game to them on a silver platter, and they wound up losing 28-24, to so... As you can tell, I was at the game. My voice is a little bit shot. Um, so here's what I'm going to do, Adam. I am going to sit here like a therapist. I'm going to let you open these statements, and then we'll get to some talking points that I wrote down uh, as I gave you a four-page outline uh, to sift through this afternoon. Sorry for the reading, but um, the floor is yours, Adam. Um, well, first off, I'd just like to say I'm, I'm very um, I'm happy um, to not be a Broncos fan. Um, so, uh, there's that. Um, but, uh, yeah, with the Vikings in terms of their season, it's time. It's time to just, you know, it's time to really rebuild, get rid of the people from the old regime. I, 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 I honestly don't even care if that involves moving on from Justin Jefferson. If you can't get a good deal with him or you guys can't work anything out where you think it's going to, you know, hurt you in the future, then trade him right away. Like this, everything needs to just be, you know, get rid of, start from the ground level and, and build this thing back up because uh, they're, they've tried to do the competitive rebuild, uh, except this year they forgot the competitive part. And I know some people are like, what? The games have been close, but okay. But they meant competitive, like winning games, not, you know, keeping games close. That's not the competitive they've been going for or, or emphasizing. Um, so they need to do the, the rebuild thing. I, and I don't know if ownership is going to let them do that because they really have never done that in the entire time that they've owned the Vikings. You, you look back even to when they drafted Christian Ponder. They traded for Donovan McNabb like right like a little bit after they drafted Christian Ponder um, because they wanted him to be the starter and they still wanted to compete. Um, you know, and they, they've done other things like that where uh, they brought Brett Favre in because they wanted to compete um, instead of developing their young quarterback, Tavares Jackson. That did turn out to be, you know, well for 2009 but then what happened in 2010 everything crumbled and, and fell apart um so i it feels to me like i was writing yesterday it just feels to me like the vikings are just floating along on on this raft not a left boat but like a, a raft um and holes keep popping up and they keep patching them up and they keep patching them up and then the more holes that they 
they're running out of limbs pretty much to patch up these holes and more holes are popping up and they're just it's getting a little bit out of control right now and and soon they're gonna you know eventually they're gonna sink because they're just not gonna have enough limbs to to cover all their holes um so yeah that's that's my comparison but yeah i just think i think it's time i think it's time to like kirk cousins has been playing lights out but the vikings are zero and three so like the blame should not and does not go entirely on on him but it doesn't have to really do with him it has to do with the direction of this team and if you want to be the consistently good team that you know the wilfs and everyone else wants to be each and every year then you need to move on from you know the third oldest quarterback in the league and and start from scratch start from you know build the trenches get get better defenders you know draft better um i know this all sounds really easy to just do but um the Vikings just they got to do it. They got to bite the bullet and and just do it. It's it's time. Well put. I, I will say well put. Uh, very compelling argument. Um, now I'm going to take my turn because I was at the game and I feel like I've been hit over the head with one of those hammers that they bought to practice ball security, which didn't work. We'll get on that none just a little bit. But um, my number one takeaway to the game yesterday was I am done with Kirk Cousins. I his days in Minnesota need to be numbered because of what happened at the end of the game. And for those of you who didn't see the game, I will run this down and I will yeah you you're lucky. Sometimes it is good to have, you know, a wife that drags you to the pumpkin patch um <laughs> every fall. You spend time with the kids. Come on. Um yeah, sometimes that's not a bad thing. At the end of yesterday's game, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings are driving after Brandon Staley has a fourth and inches and decides to call a fullback de- dive instead of saying, hey, Justin Herbert, you're six foot five. Why don't you just fall forward and uh, get us a first down? The Vikings drive. They get a fourth down, and I believe it was five. And lo and behold, Kirk threw it past the six and picked up the first down to TJ Hawkinson. And then the clock ran. And then it ran, and then it ran some more. They didn't have a timeout, and 20 seconds ticked off the clock. 20, so I thought about, it was like 30. Uh, yeah, 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 20, 30. I mean, they worked down that play clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe they were trying to get their time of possession up. I don't know. But uh, apparently there are a lot of things going on in those 20 or 30 seconds. Because mm. apparently Kirk couldn't hear the play call because the crowd was too loud. As mm. someone who is there, it surely was not... Taylor Swift performing in the Eras Tour, okay, mm, which mm. is louder than a Vikings game from mm-hmm. what I have heard. But mm-hmm. in that moment, Kirk just said, "Frick it!" And and you know, here's the other thing: like if he had actually, if the crowd was that loud, you know what he would have heard? Clock the fucking ball, because that's what I was screaming at in my section. Mm. So anyway, or he could have been like, yeah. people, everyone could have, but no, it's just ah, ah, <laughs> like you know. There's something inside his brain, like eating him from <laughs> inside his skull or something. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a very bad analogy, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So Kirk just says, frick it. And he calls his own play, which just so happened to be the same play Kevin O'Connell mm. was trying to call. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure it was out of the entire playbook. The ball clanged off of TJ Hawkinson's hands into the arms of Kenneth Murray. For the game stealing interception. Now there is a conversation to be had about TJ Hawkinson skipping training camp because you know what they work on? They work on trust throws and they work on ball security and he failed both yesterday. But my, I'm, I'm mad at cousin and this is why this was his quote after the game. 
I can do anything I want. I could quarterback sneak it. I can do whatever I want. But at the same time, you have got to deal with the consequences. Against Buffalo last year, I snuck it on my own and I didn't get in. Kevin O'Connell after the game. My expectations are always sky high for our group, so I'm trying to steal one more play. But clearly with that much time going off the clock, even though I don't ultimately think time was the issue with the game ending the way that it did, that one was purely on me. Looking back on it, I wish I would have clocked it. And I thought to myself, I'm like, this looks familiar. This feels familiar. And you know what I landed on? The Cooper Rush game. Mm. Another game that I attended. Mm. (laughs) And in that game, at the end of the first half, the Vikings let 20 seconds run off the clock during a two-minute drill despite having a timeout. Kirk's quote on that night I just let Zim handle the timeouts because I never know what the coaches want to do with what they're thinking a play ahead or what that may be. So I was just going to let them handle that and call the next play. Oddly enough, Sheldon Richardson pulled a Chris Weber earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess Mike Zimmer uh, yelled at everyone saying, I'm the one who calls the timeouts later in that game. Mike Zimmer called back to back timeouts, which is a penalty. But again, this is the story of Kirk Cousins. He threw for 367 yards yesterday. Ooh. He threw for three touchdowns. Ooh. He threw an interception at the end of the game, but yeah. wasn't Kirk's fault. Let's let's just make that sure. TJ should have caught it. It was a trust throw, not Kirk's fault. As a matter of fact, we just need a stat for Kirk at this point. I'm going to call it Kirk wins when you throw for 300 yards and nothing was your fault and your team lost anyway. So, you know, maybe we can just He's have undefeated. that stat. Yeah, just have that stat right next to the 0-3 record. 3-0, Kirk wins. <laughs> Nothing is ever Kirk Cousins' fault. And if it, if it is, he gets yelled at, and then he just does this petty crap where it's just like, no, the Buffalo game, Kevin O'Connell yelled at me. And you know what? The quarterback series. Remember that? Because they showed that. You know why they showed that? Because the quarterbacks had executive control over the project. They deemed what went in and what didn't. That's why Marcus Mariota left the team and we didn't hear anything about him the rest of the program because he's just like, nah, I'm just not going to do anything because basically he just whined and cried and left the team uh, that he had actually signed with. But we don't want to go there. (laughs) There's always a problem with Kirk Cousins. The offensive line, a coach that doesn't like him, a bad offensive coordinator, receivers that are thrust in the roles we shouldn't be in. Like, I've said this over and over and over again, and yet Kirk Cousins, a 36-year-old quarterback, the third oldest quarterback in the NFL, constantly needs his hand held at every freaking moment so he doesn't make a mistake. And if you don't, he'll burn 30 seconds off the clock, or he'll call the wrong play, or he'll check down painfully short on a fourth and eight with the season on the line he constantly pisses his pants at every moment that the vikings need him he is a walking kendall in that you can do anything you want with him because he doesn't think for himself until it's time to negotiate his next contract and he wants an ironclad fully guaranteed deal even his wife treats him like a kendall by dressing him up so, so this is this is where I'm getting at. Like the Cooper Rush game. When I left that game, I had decided there needs to be a change because Mike Zimmer's not working here. Right. And on Sunday afternoon, when I left that game, I decided that Kirk Cousins, his days in Minnesota need to be numbered because this is not working. This is year what five, six, 
and we're Six. still yep. doing the same stuff over and over and the passive aggressive things, the teeth gnashing and everything like to those who are Kirk fans, like, aren't you tired of it? Aren't, don't you just want a quarterback that just goes, all right, you know what? We're going to clock the ball here. We got three more shots at it and we're just going to figure it out instead of, ah, ah, I'm going to throw it to TJ as fast as I can. Everybody light up. And everybody's like looking at Kirk, like, what, what do you want us to do? Like, uh, I don't know if he was like stammering or whatever, but it just, I'm done with it. And especially in a year like this, where you have a lot of quality quarterback prospects, it's time. Like you said, I don't think it's time for a full-scale blow-up. I don't want to see Justin Jefferson get traded. I don't want to see... I don't him. want to either. But, right, yeah. right. And I mean, if you draft, you know, Drake May to go play with Justin Jefferson, right. um, I think that's a good thing. Because here's the other thing. Like, Kirk Cousins yesterday, it took him a full quarter to remember Justin Jefferson was on the field. They, like, played a video. Just like, Justin Jefferson, he's awesome. Like, oh, I he's should throw it to him. That's right. Yeah. So they threw it to him three times for 80 yards, like, just like that. To our touchdown, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was an awesome what fifty-two yard touchdown. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, he's he's good at football, but let's bit, establish yeah. the run instead and see how that goes. What do you think of Kirk Cousins? Am I overreacting or um... no? I wanted to go back to the the final play where um, you know I agree when he says I you know I I could have I could do whatever I want. Okay, then then and he's and he's referencing a game that happened in the middle of last season that they won by the yeah. way that they won. Um, and he's still just hanging on to that, like, oh, well, something bad happened in, in that game. So what if, you know, something bad happens in this game? It's like, what well, you can't think that way. Like, but that's that's how he's been his whole career. Like you've mentioned in the past, like in his book or whatever, he wrote a, about, um, you know, getting intercepted at like Notre Dame or something. He just like never forgot about that. Um, and that's just the way he's been his whole career. Like if something goes wrong in some instance, he just can't, like it's a hurdle for him and he can't ever conquer it and he just points to something like that just that that has nothing to do with anything he's doing on the field and he's like well i think he said yesterday like well you just you don't you don't know if something's right until you know until you can like see the future or like you don't know what the consequences are until you get to see the future and i'm like the consequences of spiking the ball on first down like that's not yeah. what, what are the consequences of that you stop the clock oh um, <laughs> stop the clock you take a deep breath and you go okay what play do we want to run yeah. honestly i don't know if kevin o'connell's gonna scream at you for stopping the clock because you couldn't hear the play call and you wanted go to get it right i don't think he's gonna be like what the hell are you doing? I'm trying to help you. Like, no, he's going to be like, all right, cool. This is the play. I were, want. They, were they worried? Cause Justin Jefferson got, then you just get like a, an illegal shift penalty before. Cause it wasn't lined up. Were they worried? Like that might happen. Like I don't, and I, I know they, they were trying to cut, cut up, like caught him, catch him off guard. Um, by, by just letting the clock run down and, and scoring or whatever. Um, but it was just, it was just, the whole thing was poorly ran. And then you just knew it wasn't going to end well. Um, just, just, you just knew it. Um, and Alexander Madison was wide open to Kirk's left. Like he had a clear path to the end zone, but Kirk went to TJ Hawkinson, who had someone draped on his back and easily just deflected the ball and, and messed it up. So to, for people to sit there and uh, yes, TJ Hawkinson gets paid a lot 
and he should catch everything that's thrown at him. But to sit there and say that Kirk Cousins is, is free of blame for making that decision instead of, you know, taking the time, the extra second to look to his left and see Alexander Madison, who also had trouble in that game. And, and maybe he was a little hesitant to throw to him because he had a drop before. But he did this in the Bucks game, too, where, where people were blaming K.J. Osborne. Like, why, why couldn't K.J. Osborne catch that pass? Or how to let that, that defender rip it away from him? Because Kirk Cousins threw the double coverage. He, yeah. That shouldn't have been the throw. Um, and that shouldn't that he shouldn't have thrown to Hawkinson. But, you know, yes, he threw for, you know, 5,000 yards or whatever yesterday. Who cares? Um, because, like I think I said last week, I don't care if he throws for 50 yards or he throws for 400 yards. I need him to win games and I need him to come through in the end. Like you said, he pisses his pants whenever he, you know, pretty much is put in a situation where he has to make a decision on his own. And he's 35. He's been in the league for 12 years. If he can't do it yet on his own, then he's never going to. So, like, this is why they need to, to move on. They've He's been there for six years. Things are things have been worse since they signed him, like with the franchise. Somebody somebody posted, one of our writers today, Luke, posted the, the starts that the Vikings have had with Kirk Cousins um, since they signed him in 2018. Like, the three-game starts, and a bunch of them are 0-3 or 1-2 and or... or Oh, two and one or, or one, one and one. Like, and then you look at the starts before he got there and it was like, okay, one and two in Zimmer's first year. That was 2014. They were, they were, they were technically, that was probably like the last year where they were like kind of rebuilding because Zimmer was getting his own people in there and everything. And they were one and two, but the next, next year they were two and one and then they were three and oh, and then they were two and one. So it's just like this, this just keeps happening. It's a never ending circle. I talked about it. Last last time I was on here, just like a never ending circle of misery. When do you want to end? Because it's it's never going to end until you make the decision to stop. Because the same thing is going to happen. Kirk Cousins is the same guy. Um, I'm sorry, like he's he's. <laughs> I was trying to look at all the quarterbacks that like have all these good numbers yesterday. And I'm like, he's Donovan McNabb. He's he's Philip Rivers. He's Matt Hasselback. He's mm, I wouldn't say Dan Marino. Dan Marino went to the Super Bowl. I'm not even going to give him that. Um, yeah, but he's just he's like. He's a quarterback who puts up a lot of numbers and it doesn't, they don't mean anything. Um, so like, and people are like, he's a future Hall of Famer. Like, what are you talking about? Maybe at Michigan State? What? <laughs> future Hall of Famer. Um, at this rate, he can just be the next Carol Burnett because it's him singing to Carol Clarkson was so funny at the NFL honors <laughs> that, you know, and, he can, and you know what? Another career. He was good on that show and I was, res- I respect him. I respected him more after that show just because of how tough he is. But him taking those hits is also part of his fault, too. He doesn't move in the pocket. Like we saw Justin, Justin Herbert yesterday. Anytime there was a little bit of pressure on him, he just ran to the side, got out of you know harm's way and threw on the run. Kirk doesn't do that. He just stands there and lets the pocket just pretty much just suffocate him. And he's been doing that his whole career. Like he's he moves up every now and then. But like for the most part, he like puts himself in the pressure and and. A lot of people have said this, but sacks are quarterback stats. And it's mm-hmm. like, watch Kirk Cousins play and you'll understand that because you watch, it's just night and day. Justin, Justin Herbert yesterday, just seeing his, you know, ability to, to get away from pressure. The Vikings blitzed him, what, 80% of the time yesterday and they hit him f- four or five times. Um, so yeah, it's just, yeah, it's time. It's time to move on. Let's, uh, let's move on ourselves because I think that's a very good segue. You know, people were talking about, I mean, Ryan Dyrud. Who are, uh, who was our guest on Friday's yep. show or on Thursday's show? I guess I can't even remember what day it was. Thursday. Um, oh. yeah, yeah I, I talked to him Thursday. Um, he mentioned, you know, 
Kirk and Justin Herbert are similar quarterbacks. When you see them in person, when you watch them yesterday, you see the differences. Mm -hmm. You see Justin Herbert's mobility. You see his strong arm and his ability to make throws off a platform, whereas Kirk needs everything perfect. And if it's not perfect, well, things like the end of the game. Throw to two yards to CJ Ham in front of you. Right. Yes. Like that. That's basically it. So um, on that note, Kellen Moore cooked the Vikings again because he was the offensive coordinator in that Cooper Rush game. <laughs> and he and was the year, offensive right? coordinator yesterday. What's that? And last year when they lost, what, 40, 43? Yes, he was. Yes, he was yeah. with the Cowboys. He's got their number. Um, he basically said, hey, Brian Flores likes to blitz. Uh, 50% clip going in. I think you said the number was 80% yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Moore knew that it would make it hard to run. They only had 30 rushing yards and they were down Austin Eckler. So he just said, I'm just going to throw the ball repeatedly. And uh, Justin Herbert completed 40 of 47 passes, 405 yards with three touchdowns and in, or no interceptions. He should have had an interception, but it clanged off of uh, Caleb Williams' hands uh, yeah. into the arms of Trey Palmer for a touchdown. So uh, Keenan Allen, uh, Brian Flores is still looking for him because he had 18 <laughs> catches. Which is great if you have him in a PPR league, but yeah. for actual football, not no that touchdowns great. though. He also threw a touchdown to Mike Williams, which uh, that was a little bad. Uh, the front seven just never got home. And by the way, 2012 draft class again, they did not play. Your booth, 2022, Lewis scene. Oh, what did I say? 2012. <laughs> 2012. Yeah, they probably didn't play either. But uh, well, uh, Harrison Smith. Harrison yeah, Smith was yeah, out there. Yeah, so, right, right. um, 2022 draft class. Yeah. No, Lewis no, Matt Cain, Khalil out there. no, uh, Andrew Booth Jr. No, Brian Asamoah, who has been mothballed by an undrafted free agent. That's always awesome. Just never adjusted. So, yeah. I learned my lesson after the Eagles game that apparently Brian Flores is never untouchable. But how much is Brian Flores to blame for this? Oh, um, I mean, he's the coach, so he, and he makes the the key calls to plays, so he deserves a bunch of the blame. Um, I think you, <laughs> what got you in the hot water last time about saying his defense is just like it's. What did you say? Like it's Ed Donatel's defense. But Ed Donatel. Ed Donatel would have given up those numbers yesterday. Oh but yeah, go but on. it blitzes more. Yeah, pretty much is what you said. Yeah, he just blitzes more. Basically, and, uh, basically, <laughs> that's what it is. Um, they are more aggressive. They do bring pressure more, which probably would be more effective against a quarterback like, I don't know, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, like quarterbacks that just aren't good. Justin Herbert's not that guy. He's going to pick you apart. Um, and if you, th- if you don't think Patrick Mahomes is about to do the same thing, uh, in two weeks, if you don't think Andy Dalton's about to do the same thing next week, then, you know, um, you know, veteran quarterbacks, they know what to do when, when pressure's coming. They, there's a reason why they've been in the league for so long because they're able to figure things out like that. But yeah, I was watching, rewatching it today and they would have, they, they do cover zero, but then the receivers would be like nine or 10 yards off the line of scrimmage and just giving these big cushions. And it's like, wouldn't that be more effective if they did even just a little bit of press coverage on, on these guys to like give the, the pass rush a little bit more time to get home? But. Were they afraid of giving up the big play? Like, like you know, Ed Donatello always mentioned, like going going over the top. Um, you know, maybe they were because what was that Palmer who got past Caleb Evans and drew that pass interference? Um, he had the touchdown, right? Well, I think he did both. It was before he did. He did both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, you kind of just pick your poison with with this team, where you know, one week they just get gassed by the run, they can't stop it. Um. And, you know, they, they contain A.J. Brown, and they didn't really contain Devonta Smith because he had some nice long touchdowns in the second half. Um, 
And then yesterday, yeah, just Justin Herbert just just torching him all over the place. Um, if you're Kevin O'Connell, though, like at what point you are you just like, can we just stop him? Like, can we not blitz everyone and just maybe try and cover some people and make him actually try, make the receivers actually try and get open instead of just being open the whole time? Cause all they did was just do a couple steps, cut right in the middle of the field. They're wide open. And that was pretty much the whole game plan all day. Well, and uh, if you listen to Kevin O'Connell's post-game presser, apparently uh, Marcus Davenport is Reggie White because if they had him, they would have uh, gotten Oh, home. yeah. Um, yeah, he's a whole nother puck. That is, I'm going to throw something out there and it's going to be really weird. Yeah, I saw and It's that. probably not happening. You know what it is. <laughs> yeah. But um, watch this interview with Darren Wolfson, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, Five Eyewitness News. KSTP. And uh, he basically was like, <laughs> my ankle hurts. <laughs> I don't know what I'm coming back. And it was really weird. Um, I yeah. wonder if he's holding in for a new contract. Uh, yeah, I. I because I find that hard to believe. Hawkinson he held said, in after nine games. I know, but he, he signed a one year deal. If you're I gonna... know, I know, but but this <laughs> this whole thing is just weird. It happened in the middle yeah. of practice, right before the season, and like I don't know, maybe he's sitting there and be like, "Well, he got a contract. Like I had a good game. I mean, you got to play, I don't dude." Think so. Well, yeah, and, and exactly. And I mean, that, that's kind of the thing that ticks me off. It's like, I don't know why he's laughing about his ankle when the defense clearly needs him. Like, are, are you trying to get on the field? Are you yeah. like, that's all you have to say in that situation. Hey, what's up with your ankle? I'm working, working hard, trying to get on the field. But instead, it was just like, yeah, it hurts. And I don't know when I'm coming back. And like, did you not go to UTSA for school? Uh, no. I think uh, we all it know was, the answer there, but it was a really odd interview. I'll say that because because um, I think Wilson asked him, uh, you know, how's your everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He's like, oh, progress. Like, giving just kind of short answers. And, and then he said he caught him off guard by asking him about his ankle. And it's like, what? What? <laughs> what did you want him to ask you? You haven't been on the field. What would you have for lunch today? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, how, how's what, life? How are the what kids? Did you, and then, you know, he asked if like he was going to be able to play um, this weekend. He was just like, I'll just leave it at progress. Like, OK. And I, I, I could like or just don't do the interview. I was just going to say I could feel for like uh, Darren in that situation where he's probably just like, OK, we're done here. Um, just like, <laughs> all yeah. right, you're not, not going to talk. It, it's uh, just, yeah, it's 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 weird. It's an odd situation. I think the Vikings, it's one of those situations where they were. They were burned on again this year where, you know, you look at a situation where you like you make Madison RB one and, you know, you 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 get rid of you know, signed Byron Murphy, who got torched yesterday by uh, Keenan Allen. Um, you know, you replace it, Arias Smith, who's looking awesome in Cleveland. It's, it's weird how his back miraculously healed up. He must have rubbed some uh, hundred dollar bills on it. it, was, it felt a lot better. Some money, just yeah, like the just, dumb and dumber, like Kleenex yeah. thing. Yeah. Wiping just, his eyes. Yeah. Um, mm. So, so sad they traded me. Um, yeah, it's just this the off, this offseason, I feel like that's a big part of um, their lack of success this year. I think they had a good offseason last year, despite the draft. You know, they added Zedaria Smith. They kept Patrick Peterson. They kept a bunch of, you know, veterans who who made a difference. Um, 
and they had a really good training camp. Yeah. Like there's no drama in camp. There everybody was there. Like yeah. this training camp was just and they traded for Hawkinson midseason. He was yeah. you know, mo- motivated to show that he deserved a contract or whatever. And then this year, you know, the draft looks better, but all the veterans you signed and the guys you re-signed don't like Bradbury's not playing, Davenport's not playing, Neil Hunter's back. He's like the only part of the defense that's doing well. Um, you know, Jordan Hicks probably shouldn't have brought him back because he's not really making that big of a difference. Um, you signed Josh Oliver. He caught a touchdown yesterday. Great. Um, yeah. Oh, four, down, just, four yard check down. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a, it wasn't a good offseason. I think that has a lot to do with their lack of success. Um, because it wasn't a good offseason, the Vikings made a couple of panic moves. Can we just call them panic moves? Because oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's the next place we need to go here. Because, Who panicked? Uh, Huh? KOC, who panicked more, KOC or Quasi? <sighs> I almost want to say Quasi. Th- there's a lot of theories out there. Yeah, My apparently theory. they're not. They're not going to go to any more basketball games together, are they? <laughs> and they're not going to yeah. invite them over for barbecues. Um, and I think KOC time. wanted Madison to be the RB one, and he wanted the offense. Uh, he wanted the offensive line to remain intact. I think he's behind that because he he's all rah rah. Our coaching can do it. You know, we'll coach him up. They've been the system for more than a year now we'll we'll figure it out and we'll we'll do it and then i feel like after a couple games this year you know maybe quasi was like it's not working dude we need we need to bring some guys in um and so they got reasoner and uh brought cam Akers in to try and help i guess yeah um ed ingram got his ass kicked again yesterday what yeah speaking of the 2022 draft <laughs> class uh six pressures allowed two sacks and two penalties and at no moment uh, did they say, hey, we should put this guy we just signed out of desperation? In. Was he active he did. He did have a 91 grade in run blocking. So at least we established the run there, Zim. Uh, Mark Sanchez also mentioned during the broadcast. This kind of knocked me uh, off my feet a little broadcast. bit. Well, yeah, that's a USC guy. Uh, not a surprise. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Mark Sanchez mentioned that they were waiting until Monday to find the be- five best offensive linemen. Okay, you you why are you waiting until Monday? Like you signed this guy because you clearly were like, oh my God, we need to do something. He got three practices in under his belt, and your current right guard is just getting whooped out there. And maybe, maybe the whole plan is putting Reisner at left guard and moving Cleveland back to right guard. But again, that's like moving the whole thing. Also, what day this, of the week was the Eagles game on? Thursday. And when do they sign Reisner? The next what, Wednesday? Tuesday? They signed on Monday. I thought they signed him on Wednesday. Because we, he, I think the we report, went on air right after it happened. The report came out that they were going to sign him. They didn't officially sign him until Wednesday. Okay. So they waited almost a week when they had 10 days. They could have brought him in that Friday or, or Saturday. Or, I, I don't know how transactions work if they actually had to wait until Monday or Tuesday or whatever. Um, but they had time, I feel like, to bring him in and, and get him more acclimated quicker than, than they were able to. Um, so yeah, we'll see, see if there's a change this weekend, I guess. Yeah. This is, this is like the scene from Talladega nights where like Ricky Bobby's dad, like wakes him up and he's like, yeah, there's a kilo of Colombian bam, bam underneath the car and the cops are coming. Uh, you might want to drive. And (laughs) KOC was like, no, I think I like to keep Ed Ingram out there. I like Ed. Ed's had a really good week of practice. You know, we brought him in and, uh, you know, he's just been doing things like situational masters, like uh, slapping the ball out of his quarterback's hand uh, and all that stuff. You know, we're really trying to find any way possible that we can do this. Um, He'd be a really good tour guide, Ed Ingram would. 
just guide you everywhere you need to go. Just right yeah. this way. Well, uh, host. Yeah. I'm not sure. Restaurant. Yeah. Come, come to your table. Um, <laughs> speaking of other moves, uh, Alexander Madison, not looking like an RB one. No. Um, I know he had 20 carries for 93 yards, but he still had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day because he got bailed out on not just one fumble, but two fumbles. Uh, yep. He got stuffed on the goal line twice on the first attempt to take the lead. And then he also had a couple of drops in the passing game. He's not good at pass protection. Um, what exactly do you do here, guy? Yeah. Because this isn't good. And, and I know to, you know, I, I don't know if the Vikings felt sorry because of all the messages that he got. And they're like, we, we want to get Alexander Madison going. But like I said, like you had to remind Kirk that Justin Jefferson exists. Maybe that was a reminder for KOC. Like, just like, oh yeah, we got number 18 out there. We better just start throwing him the ball. Like my mom made a pretty good point about this because we were talking about it. And she goes, shame on the Vikings for putting Alexander Madison in this situation. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because like every everybody could see it unless you were just chugging gallons of purple Kool-Aid all offseason and just like Alexander Madison, man, he was great for my fantasy team. And I'm going to bet money on him to lead the NFL in rushing. <laughs> uh, that's not going too well. No. Um, Like, it's just like they, they put him in this situation where he's not a guy. He's not an RB one. Like he should be backing up somebody here or wherever. And he's going to be backing up somebody because they did trade for Cam Akers. But. I'm not 100% sure that will help because Cam Akers, I mean, the last time he was on a football field, he ran for 29 yards on 22 carries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, if you're in Sean McVay's doghouse, I feel like you have to... That seems pretty like bad. it's really hard, doesn't it? It does, because he seems like a pretty, pretty easygoing guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure he's, in, he's got his intense moments and everything. Um, all coaches do, even KOC. But yeah, um, it's kind of like you look at the the Zach Wilson situation in with the Jets, and they just keep being like, "He's our he's our best option. He's our best option." It's like, what are you are you trying to like ruin this kid's like career? Because like he's not he's not the guy that you want him to be. Um, and the same thing goes for Madison. Like, okay, he can fill in for a couple games. He can come in for some series. That's what he's been good at. And he was there for what four years. And if you weren't able to figure that out in four years, then that's on you. Um, and every everyone else who watched him play for the first four years of his career was able to figure that out, except for the coaching staff and the front office who was like, no, 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 no. He can he can be RB1. The coaches didn't even like him. Like, I'm sure they <laughs> liked him as a person because he seems like a great a human being from everything that I've yeah. heard. But I mean, he had a career low in carries. They did not use him last year. Right. And then they brought him back like this guy is going to be the star. What? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I just and I wonder what the whole like, because like right after the season, I feel like and with the offseason moves stuff, like it seemed like the Vikings were gearing up to be more, more physical, run the ball more, you know, more two tight end sets and everything. And I'm, I'm like, whose idea was this? Because you have this was even before Addison, like you have like two or three receivers. You have TJ Hawkinson. You should be like spread them out wide type of team you know, track meet type of team, but they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to run the ball. We're going to pound it down their throat. And I'm like, okay, but you're not built for that. Like, so it's going to backfire on you, which it has. This whole team has been a huge error in talent scouting. Like, cause they, they thought they had their fullback in CJ ham again, very nice guy, but he's not, 
I, I mean, I don't want to say he's not good. He's a former pro bowler, which I know means nothing. But I mean, as a fullback, you got to kind of like stick your neck out there to make a pro bowl because yeah. not a lot of people think about pro. And you know, when he days. was a pro bowl, when I think it was 2019, when Kirk Cousins had like his lowest amount of pass attempts in a season and the Vikings really, they ran the ball a lot. Right. Um, so he was the beneficiary of being on the field a lot because he was a lead blocker for Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. So. I mean, J- Josh Oliver doesn't look like a $7 million player. No. I mean, like, and that's the thing, too. People are like, well, they got him for blocking him. Like, why did, okay, then get an offensive lineman. Why did they get a tight end to block? <laughs> yeah. And pay a tight end $7 million a year to block instead of just spending that money on a better offensive lineman. Like, it's that's the excuse that a lot of people. Well, he's he's there to block. OK, like, is his blocking that much better than, you know, Johnny Munt? I really don't think it is. I Best re- third tight end in the league. I, re- I really don't think it is it better than a rookie you could have got in in second or third round. Like, it's just baffling with some of the decisions that they made and it's coming to bite them. And I know some people have mentioned this before. I think we even mentioned this on, on this show before, but. There's a guy in their front office who was what, probably one of the worst GMs in the history of the NFL, um, Brian huh. Grigson with the Colts. And he's like supposedly Quasey's right-hand man. He's the football guy. Um, and if Quasey's lean, leaning on him to make some final decisions, that's not good. Um, so I don't know how much input he has, but if he has enough to make some of these decisions decisions that they made in the offseason, then he's got to go because he's not good at his job. He's not good at building football teams. Um, so that's something else that needs to be looked at. So you kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the show, and I'm going to circle back to it because the Vikings are now 0-3. Yep. I think there's only like eight teams in the history of the NFL that have come back to make the Five. playoffs. From Five. So, I mean, Kevin O'Connell, if anything, he's he's like a Harry Houdini, right? He like puts himself in like these weird, like in a, uh, you know, near death Last situation. Box. I'm going to swallow this key and like bury myself in the deep ocean. And Chains. Then, yes. I'm going to jump into this submersible and go see the Titanic. Um, no. <laughs> anyway, you're all in three. You're two games behind the Lions and the Packers next week. Not the you're not getting any of your own. Yeah. yeah you're right there with the Bears. <laughs> I guess if that's your baseline. Uh, the whole Quasi against Ryan Poles thing. Yeah, there you go. That that kind of went a uh, entirely different route. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I sorry, your your audio just like jumped in my earbuds. So I was just like, ah. Oh. Um, sorry. I was like Kirk Cousins. Uh, apparently on fourth down. <laughs> like there are just some. Sometimes it's about timing when to tank, right? <laughs> and like this is a year to tank. Like watch college football. <laughs> there are a ton of quarterbacks right now that you can look at and be like. Yeah, he looks like an NFL quarterback. Like, you know, I, I mean, I'm not the biggest Bo Nix guy on the planet, but I mean, he looks good against Colorado. I know Shadour got pounded behind an offensive line. Maybe you want to look away from that uh, if you're the Vikings because you have issues there. But I mean, you know, if you wind up right now, they're a third overall pick in the draft. And if they wound up getting Drake May, I mean, hell yeah, let, let's ride it out. And you know what? Drake May could suck. But the yeah. Vikings have just done this whole, I mean, or he could be. If, uh, Hall of Famer. Yes, exactly. But we never know because we just never take swings at all on the quarterback position. Right. Like the Bears are getting Caleb Williams. 
Sorry about that. Like I, I thought Kansas City was going to hang a seventy burger. It's on a long Chicago season. Don't rule out the Cardinals. Yeah, and, and because it's a long season, let's just bring this up. This team's going to win seven games. Yeah, they're going to find. They're not going to trade Kirk to the Jets. Like at, at some point, the Jets had, just have to say, you know what? Let's just suck. And then I brought up another team today. On, on Who's Twitter that? And I, I wrote about it. Um, the Falcons. Okay. Um, if this this that division, the NFC South, um, seems like pretty open but i feel like i mean kirk's got this petty side to him i think he blocks a trade just like you know what uh i didn't get my contract i don't know i, and, I feel like uh, koc has gotten a little maybe close enough to him where he can be like please kirk can you just help us out <laughs> do this um I, I atlanta because you know desmond ritter he's not he's not he's not it he's not the guy um they have a bunch of weapons arthur smith like he resurrected brian Tannehill's career in Tennessee and he could just pretty much do the same thing put him in the same role that he did uh with Tannehill with with Cousins in there um and uh Kirk Cousins wife Julie she's uh she's from Atlanta and they have a lot of connections there they lived there and uh, multiple off seasons so he's familiar with the area that would be a place where I feel like he'd be okay with like if they were willing to sign him to a a multi-year extension, he'd be okay with with being there because he's familiar with there and his wife has family there. So that's some team to maybe keep an eye on. Um, I I would feel like that would be a better fit for him than than the Jets. And the Jets can't even really offer much. Um, and the Falcons can. They have a first and a second round pick. Um, so that's a team I wrote about keeping an eye on. Today. But that is also, I mean, it's a pipe dream. They're, they're sure. not going to sell. They're for not sure. going to sell people off. They've never done it. With the Wilfs, and they're gonna undertake her in the middle of the season. They're gonna get get hot again. And if you're a fan that lives and dives with the Vikings every day, and you live every day in a one week vacuum just so you can make fun of Kelvin and accounting because he's a Packer fan, that's fine. But if you're a fan who wants to see this team win a Super Bowl, and we do here. Yep. Like you need, you need to take a swing and you need to do it in this class. And like, everybody just needs to wake up and realize this, like from ownership to coaching and whatever. And I know it's hard. I, I know it's really hard, especially since you didn't resign Justin Jefferson. Cause I don't know, like we're, we're kind of just seeing this whole regime's kind of just very penny pinching, aren't they? It's like, you want oh, yeah. how much Dalton Reisner? And then they up their offer once they got desperate. Like, was it worth saving? Like, 500k on the first two weeks of the season first three basically because he didn't play so it's like i mean like they just this team needs a dose of reality and Mm -hmm. i'm not cheering for the like like honestly our site our podcast it does better when the vikings win because fewer people are you know checked out I can I can I can give an argument the other way too. Yeah, it does. It just it does really good or really bad. I mean, if yes. they're if in the middle, yeah, nine, you don't you don't want that. Um, no, because either yeah, really bad, then you know get rid of everybody, or really good, it's like this team maybe they can win the Super Bowl. Um, but I was just looking at I thought of the Eagles. Um, they won the Super Bowl in 2017, and they went to the playoffs for two years after that. Um, and they drafted Jalen Hurts, and then. That year, what, 2020, they went uh, 4, 11, and 1. And then the next year, they went 9 and 8 with Hertz as their starter. And then last year, they went 14 and 3 and made the Super Bowl. So that's like, it doesn't have to, everyone thinks like if you, you tank or you have a fire sale or you, you, you restart everything that you're, you're going to be the Lions or, or the Browns or, you know, whatever. And you're going to be bad for like a decade. No, that's not, that's not how it works. You have to have a plan. And I feel like 
if the Wilfs would okay were going to okay any sort of situation like this, they would have to make sure that there's a plan in place. They're not just going to go all you know, like just do whatever you need to do. No, they they want to know what's going on. Well, maybe they don't. Um, <laughs> ask Mike Zimmer and Rich Spielman about that. Um, but yeah, like everyone j- is it is this like just the Minnesota mentality? I don't live there, but like I'm just thinking of the absolute worst possible thing that could happen for every single situation because yeah. it's just like because oh, whenever the, tw- you- the Twins playoff game is coming next week, and <laughs> if you want to see shit hit the fan, I uh, because yeah, well, tune, tune in anytime you bring up drafting a quarterback, people are like, oh, well, they could get Christian Ponder, and it's like. Or they couldn't. Like it's like people who jump on a plane. They have a different GM. They have a different head coach. Like, why do we think that something that happened almost fifteen years ago is going to, you know, that's 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 what's gonna happen again. It's gonna happen again. Um, if the Chiefs thought that way, they would not have Patrick Mahomes because the Chiefs had a very similar like quarterback history that the Vikings did. They had guys like Rich Gannon and Alex Smith and Elvis Gerback and all those guys and like and then they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go get Patrick Mahomes and see what this kid can do. And you know what? He's pretty good. Um, I've heard of him. Yeah. He, you might have seen him on that that quarterback show that, that Kirk Cousins was on. Started. Um, But yeah, like they just they have to they like uh, they just got to do it. Just just do it. They try. They've literally tried everything else. They're like, no, we're going to do competitive rebuild. OK, no, we're not going to do that. Oh, okay, we're going to spend a lot. We're going to trade a lot. And then and, and that didn't work. So like they've done almost everything else. They need to just do it. And if it fails, so what? Then you know what? You tried and you go back to the way you were doing things before. But you got to try something different because you've been around since 1961 and you have zero Super Bowls. So whatever you've been doing in the past, it didn't work. So that's what so, I have to say. Uh, yeah. That, that's well put. Uh, next week, the Thielen Bowl. I think he's excited, right? Uh, yeah. I, you know what? Um, he might have been on to something with this Andy Dalton thing because, like, oh, yeah. He's he went than, nuts yesterday. He's, well, he's better still than lost. Bryce. At this point in his career, he's better, a better option for that team than Bryce Young. He's not a very good quarterback. That yeah. team's not very good, but. Yeah, if Thielen, if Thielen wants to get his numbers, then he's going to want Andy Dalton uh, back there, proven yesterday. Um, I'm worried about this game, but maybe I'm not, because if they go 0-4, then it's just like more reason to, you know, change things up and, and trade people and all that stuff. So I kind of think it's a win-win situation for the Vikings. And I don't even know if, I don't know, like, do I want them to win so they're, what, 1-3, and three, and then people are like, let's go beat the Chiefs, and it's like, eh. <laughs> Get so like, very likely they're going to be one and four or worse after the next two games. Are you going to tell me that they're going to go up to Kirk and he's going to be like, no, I want to stay. I want like what? Like to me, that just tells you everything you need to know about Kirk Cousins. If he's just like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be to a team who could maybe win the division or even win a Super Bowl this year. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to, I don't want to move my family, even though I'm getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars, and it would be way easier for me to move than just a normal uh so yeah i just i don't know the seasons it we haven't really like they went zero and three in what 2020 yes um and a lot of people started one and five in 2020 yeah and a lot of people were calling for a tank for for then um and even at that point i was just like "Eh, i don't know um because i thought for some strange reason i thought they still had plenty of pieces and they could fix things um and what did they finish seven and nine seven and nine um Great. So happy they did that. Um, it's just, it's different. It's a different situation because Kirk is older and the defense is just still terrible. Like there's, there's, 
more holes that need to be fixed than just the quarterback too. That's why you need to just just break everything down and get as many resource, resources that you can. So because you have to fix offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, cornerbacks, uh, you know, running backs, quarterbacks. Like there are a lot of areas on this team that need to be fixed, and they just don't have the tools to do that. So they got to do something. So will they? I don't know. We'll just have to stay tuned. Also, I wrote tweeted yesterday. They're going to lose to the Bears this year, right there. Wouldn't it be something if they started out zero and six? At that point, at that point, lose to Carolina, they lose to KC, and then the they they go to Soldier Field. Yeah, yeah. The ghost. Not not that I'm cheering for that to happen, but I mean, it's 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 possible. It's just a comedy by then, though, because because Kirk Cousins will have like two thousand yards passing by then. He'll have like fifteen touchdowns and two interceptions. Oh, he'll have more than that. He's already got ten. And everyone will be like, how is this possible? And everyone posting yesterday, like, how is how are the Vikings 0-3? And they have the league's leading receiver, the the Daniel Hunter's tied for league lead in sacks, and Kirk Cousins is leading league in passing yards. And in my head, I'm like, Jameis Winston led the league in passing yards. So, like, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also threw 30 interceptions right. that year. That might be, <laughs> might be part what of the problem. Amazing, no one's ever going to do that again, are they? Like, the 30, what, 30, that's reserved for Madden. That is like, like, you're just learning the game and you're like, how do I do this? More That should be appreciated more than it. No one is ever going to throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions ever again, probably. <laughs> one of one. One of one. Hey, what's going on at the Viking Age? Well... Since they're 0-3, we just get to keep diving in more about, you know, what they can do at the quarterback position, you know, who which players need to be benched, who can they trade, you know, players they can they should have drafted instead of Lewis Seen, who only plays special teams after getting drafted in the first round two years ago. Um so yeah, we got a lot of fun fun stuff and uh it's a good time. It's just uh if you want to read stuff where you just it's mostly venting at this point. Um, so I don't know. I like I like to think we do d- things different on on our site. It's not just typical, just news stuff. We try to find different angles to approach different topics, and we explore things that maybe you know maybe other people don't want to explore, but you you feel the need to. Um, so go check go check it out. Um, yeah, thevikingage.com. Well, that is all the time we have for the Viking Age podcast today. We do this every Monday and Thursday night right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. Um, Before we go, I just want to point out, I have a very special guest lined up for uh, Thursday's show to preview the Carolina game. Um, My guest is from Minnesota. (laughs) My guest went to Mankato. Is he from Detroit Lakes? You'll have to tune in to find out. (laughs) Oh, We're also on Apple and Spotify the very next day. Don't forget to rate, comment, share, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. I am Chris Shad. He is Adam Patrick, and we will talk to you next time on the Viking Age Podcast. Yeah.